It's Fish Fridays. Welcome back to My Seminary Life. I'm your host, Brandon Knight, and we are back for another episode of Fish Fridays. This is a listener requested series that we're doing throughout Lent to help prepare people for this season. We're educating the body on what it means to observe Lent from both a Catholic and Protestant perspective. And for today's episode, we're going to be talking about preparation specifically, because when you're jumping into a 40-day fast, it's a really good idea to, you know, prepare a little bit. That's a long time to go without stuff. For those of you who are new to the show, welcome. This is normally where I talk about the stuff that I'm studying as I finish my master's degree. But like I said, we're doing something kind of different, kind of fun here on Fridays for the show. And so let's go ahead with all of the introductions out of the way. Let's go ahead and get into what it means to prepare for Lent. What does it mean to, what is the best ways to get ready for a 40-day fast? Because of jumping right into a 40-day fast is not necessarily the wisest thing to do. There's a few things to get ready. There's a few things you need to do beforehand, I think. And with that, there is actually a few days that are observed prior to Lent. Again, we talked about last week with what is Lent. Uh, Ash Wednesday is the marker of the start of this season, so we're a little over a week into this now. But there's a few days, uh, specifically Tuesday, known as Mardi Gras or Fat Tuesday, depending on uh, your your background and where you're from at regionally. Uh, also, depending on who you are, you may observe Fat Thursday, the Thursday prior to Ash Wednesday. So what are these things? What does it mean to prepare for Lent? Let's just start with this, that what I'm focusing here on uh, to get things started is that if you're going to observe Lent. And depending on the thing that you're going to be fasting from, it would be wise to communicate that to people that's going to be that are going to be affected by it. So we have to keep some things in perspective and we're going to talk about this more next week when we look more deeply at a biblical view of fasting, when we look at what Jesus has to say about fasting and the rest of scripture as well. But one thing I have to say here is that I am not advocating for advertising the fact that you're going on a fast to get attention. That is not okay. That is not the purpose of fasting. However, because this season involves giving up good things and people, you know, you could be married, you could have children, you could be someone who's very active on social media, you may, it may be important to communicate this to other people that you are stepping away from certain things. Here's my point. This season, Claire has given up sweets. And so she has communicated that to me, not to, you know, be all, hey, look at me, I'm not going to eat cake for the next 40 days. More accurately, she's not going to eat uh, gluten-free Oreos for 40 days. It's not to like try to appear holier than thou. It's because 
I do the grocery shopping. So I need to know that for the next, you know, 40 days or so, I need to not be buying her sweet treats because that's the thing I do. I, you know, I'll be out and I'll see the gluten-free Oreos are on sale or the gluten-free chocolate covered pretzels are on sale. And I grab a bag because I love her, but she has communicated this to me. So that way I don't. If you are, are very active on something like social media and i don't mean you know like you you just post way too much but like you know you're a content creator or you're you know you know you're the admin for a specific group or something and you are going to take a fast that removes you from social media you're gonna need to communicate that I think a lot of people see the whole posting on Facebook that someone is taking a social media break, a social media fast as virtue signaling. I don't, we, we didn't call that beforehand, but that's what it is. It's kind of like this virtue signaling of like, Hey, I'm holier than thou. I'm stepping away. But depending on why you use social media, if it's a form of work, if it's the best way for you to keep up with family and for family to keep up with you, it's more permissible to say, Hey, I'm stepping away from social media. It's a form of good communication. Okay. That is different than standing in the street, moaning loudly and to get everyone's attention that you've given up eating gluten-free Oreos for 40 days. So to prepare, prepare for Lent, you need to have good communication. You need to be communicating with people that you are, you need to be communicating with people who it will directly affect that you are fasting from specific things. But before even the good communication, I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit. I've gotten ahead of myself. Even before the good communication part, to truly prepare the very first step, even before communicating that you're fasting, is to pray and use wisdom to decide what you are going to fast from. Do not wait until Fat Tuesday or Ash Wednesday to decide what you're going to give up for Lent. Don't don't wait until the last moment. Please don't. You know, usually for me, I, I do it this however you want to. Do not wait till the last minute. But for me, I usually like come end of January, early February is when I start praying and reflecting and thinking about, okay, what has become an idol for me within the past few months? What is something that I need to purposely give up, step away from during this season? And I'll be praying about it. That is the true first step. The true first step is to make that decision of what is it do I need to give up for the fasting part of Lent? Then comes the communication part, naturally. You need to spend time on that first. And just to be clear... It is okay to give up the same thing multiple years in a row. I'm going to use some exa- I'm going to save some of those examples for next week's episode on a biblical view of fasting. But we're it's okay if you fast frequently from the same things. For me personally, I have it's been more than once in the past ten years that I've been. Uh, observing Lent, that I have given up some form of social media, YouTube, certain podcasts, certain music, like a lot of mine usually comes back to 
stuff that is uh, content, stuff that is consuming my mind. That is what I'm doing this year is uh, I've given up YouTube and I've given up certain shows, uh, podcasts that I listen to. And I've even been monitoring during the day how much like screen time I'm getting, like specifically like shows I'm watching as a way to just not be constantly filling my head, filling my thoughts with stuff to make me sit in the silence and to shift me to prayer. And I think that's another big step in the preparation process is the spiritual discipline aspect of this season. Fasting, obviously, being the one of the big spiritual just disciplines, but prayer, you know, whatever it is that you're getting, that you're fasting from during this time period, as you are coming up on Ash Wednesday and you've decided what you're going to give up and you've decided or you've communicated to people that that is going to directly affect that you're going to be giving that up, you then need to plan out how that will equal prayer. Okay. So like for me, for example, um, if I am forcing myself to sit in a, I, I guess I can't say it's a quiet house because I have a 10 month old, but if, <laughs> but if, uh, if I'm forcing myself to not always have the TV or a podcast or music on in the background and it's going to be silent, then I need to be getting myself to be consciously aware of those times of silence around me to shift my thoughts to prayer. You need to have this plan ahead of time. Whatever it is that you are giving up, you need to then work out a way for it to be a signal to you of, okay, I need to be praying at this time. Another popular thing to do during Lent, um, again, more on this next week, is getting a devotional book. And this is a good step in the preparation process is, you know, actually, we're going to talk about this now is getting a devotional book. So getting a book or even just selecting a passage of scripture is good is a good addition to the Lent season. We talked about last week how the four big practices are repentance, fasting, prayer and almsgiving. Um, and but one additional thing that comes up a lot is having some type of influence in your personal devotions, okay? Uh, an added step, uh, something else that you're going to be doing in your personal devotions during this season. So that there are plenty of Lent-themed devotional books out there. Um, actually, last year on the... I think it was the one-year anniversary special. Claire was on the show, and we discussed the book From the Grave by A.W. Tozer. There's a little, several other great books out there, uh, devotional books out there for the Lent season. Just search Lent devotional, and you'll see a lot of these. Uh, they're very serious books. I've noticed that um, when you compare Lent devotionals to Advent devotionals, there's a lot of fun Advent devotionals out there. One of my friends on Facebook, I think it was two Christmases ago now, posted that their Advent devotional was like spiritual lessons from the Grinch or how to how to 
go through Advent when you feel like the Grinch, something like that. Like there is a Grinch themedness to it. Like I've seen a lot of fun ones I've talked about here before the, the one that Claire and I like reading of uh, Christmas hymns with Lent though. It is very often very serious themed devotionals because as opposed to uh, Advent Lent is a, there's a different type of anticipation going on here. You know, Advent is an anticipation of the birth of Jesus. We're anticipating something very different. Because, yes, we're going to Easter, but we're, we're actually working to Good Friday is when this is all done. So, But we'll be saving that for the final episode coming out on Good Friday, in, anticipating sorrow. So, But getting back to the point there, a little side tangent, during this preparation time as you're praying and thinking about, okay, what am I going to give up? What has become an idol in my my life? What do I need to set aside? As you communicate that with other people that are going to be affected by that, and as you start thinking strategically about how to work in their prayer, how that can lead to almsgiving, you need to it, you you should consider, prayerfully consider, as we like to say in evangelicalism, you need to prayerfully consider adding a devotional book or a scripture reading. I'm, I'm reading almost every day. It hasn't been every day, but almost every day I have been reading Psalm 22. And uh, stick around for the episode featuring Will Rose to learn more about why I'm reading Psalm 22 this uh, Lent season. But that's been my passage I've been coming back to. I've been posting verses on the uh, my Seminary Life Facebook and Instagram page from there. This has been part of my reflection for this season is this passage on agony. Again, more on that in the Lutheran Lent episode. So you you've you've picked it out. You've decided, okay, I'm giving up um, I'm giving up gluten free Oreos for for Lent, and you've communicated that to your gluten free support group of like, hey guys, when we have our meetings, please don't. Uh, I'm not gonna. I'm trying to give up gluten free Oreos this season, so let's not. If you don't mind. Don't buy me any gluten-free Oreos. Just just get yourselves gluten-free Oreos. Don't buy me any. And then, you know, you've communicated that. You, you've been praying. It's like, okay, so every time I have that craving for gluten-free Oreos, I am going to uh, I'm going to pray and I'm going to spend time reflecting on the Jesus being the bread of life every day and uh, the money I normally would spend on gluten-free Oreos at the end of Lent I'm gonna save it up and I'm gonna I'm gonna donate it to uh, one of my favorite charities you know so there you go I just if you're giving up gluten-free Oreos that's what you're doing this season okay um, so you got all of that right you got all those things lined up the last step in the preparation process, next to last step, is Fat Thursday or Mardi Gras Fat Tuesday. These are days designed for indulgence. These are days that are not like technically part of the church calendar, Ash Wednesday is, but these are days that the church likes to observe as or people in general, like to observe for fun as a way to indulge in the thing that you're going to give up for the next 40 days. That seems strange. I know. 
traditionally why this came into practice is because people you know in the olden days when they would be giving up like sweets or you know fatty foods or whatever they would throw these big parties where they would cook up all of the oil and butter and flour and make all these pastries, cook all this good food. And they would have these big parties so that way they could clear out their pantries and it wouldn't be as much of a temptation. And so if you're giving up gluten-free Oreos for Lent, this is Fat Tuesday is the day. Mardi Gras is the day for you to open up a package. Maybe don't eat a whole package of Oreos in a day. That can't end well. But open up a package and eat to your heart's content one more day of indulgence just because it's fun if you're giving up social media have a fun binge on tiktok for a while the reason why there's also a fat thursday is because in polish communities uh that's the day that they chose to start doing that this is something i've learned more recently i have always heard of fat tuesday mardi gras so So that is the purpose of that day. That is one last day to celebrate that thing that you are giving up, that good thing that you're giving up for the next 40 days. You're going to have one more good time with it. So like for me, I remember I I finished up a show I was watching. I was watching Wolf Like Me on Peacock. So I sat down on Fat Tuesday and finished it up. So that way that would be done. Have one last one less show to think about during this season. One less one less distraction in the sea of distractions that are constantly a part of my life. The last the last last step is then to find an Ash Wednesday service. Um, this is something I have yet to actually attend an in-person Ash Wednesday service. This was the first year I actually watched one virtually. I watched a uh, service through Seedbed, their uh, conference ministry new room. Uh, they they did an Ash Wednesday service, and that was the first time I, I was ever to be I ever got to be a part of one uh, talking about Jesus's temptation in the wilderness. So. And it was good. I would still like to go to one in person at some point so I could actually be a part of the, you know, someone administering ashes to my forehead. But that's the final step. You pray and you consider, what am I giving up? You communicate that to whoever that's going to directly influence. You um, think strategically about what you're going to add into you're going to think strategically about how to move through this the rest of this season um, eliminating things that are going to lead you into temptation make space for prayer make space for almsgiving make space for um, repentance make space for potentially finding a devotional read to add or a, a, a passage of scripture you want to reflect on having one last hurrah with that thing that you're going to indulge in and then last but certainly not least finding a place to have an ash to uh, participate in an ash wednesday service which if you are part of a liturgical church that part is solved for you just go to church on wednesday night and that is it that is how you get ready for this season again this go around i am inviting people in every episode that if you have not observed lent before and you just want to give it a try come on it 
if you just want to, you know, you're finishing this episode, if you want to take the evening to just sit and reflect and pray about what you want to give up and then you want to start on Saturday, go right ahead. It's still very early in the process. Um, but for future years, as you move into this season, this is this is a big thing. This is a serious time. So get prepared. Don't just throw things against the wall. Churches and Christians need to stop throwing things against the wall and hoping that they would stick. Coming from the guy who threw a podcast against the wall, and shockingly, it kind of stuck. Let's go ahead and start wrapping this episode up. All right, well, thank you to everybody who tuned in for today's episode. If you are dropping in for the first time and you want to come back and hang out tomorrow on our main series, Local Church Ministry, as I am talking about um, current things that are affecting the church, that uh, current issues that are affecting the church and how to think through them and what the church needs to be doing about it last on last week's episode my brother bradley was here to talk about worship ministry something i'm very unfamiliar with and it's a great conversation uh, bradley and i usually talk about wrestling so it was very refreshing to have uh, a more uh, spiritually disciplined conversation so that was last week on the show and of course, last Friday was the first episode of Fish Fridays where I talked about what is Lent, getting more into the history of the season and how it came to be. If, uh, if you don't mind, please consider rating and reviewing the show on whatever podcast platform you are listening to the show on. Also, if you're a casual fan and you have yet to actually pick a podcast provider to listen to the show on, would you please consider subscribing to Spotify? I have recently been informed that Anchor is revamping their ad ambas ambassador campaign. And because of it, I'm actually not going to be able to continue to run an ad for Anchor. I don't qualify in this new revamping. That's going to go away March 20th. And I know nobody likes listening to ads, but ad revenue is one of the easiest, most consistent forms of revenue that the podcast pulls in. So if you have yet to find a podcast home, please consider subscribing to My Seminary Life, following the show on Spotify. And to all of you listening to the show who are already on Spotify, thanks. Appreciate it. You can always go down to the link of this in the description. You can always go down into the description to find links to the My Seminary Life website, shop, and also to the My Seminary Life GoFundMe. I'm working on collecting funds to get me to the Every Tribe de Denomination and Tongue Convention happening this May. We're almost at halfway with support. So thank you to everyone who has donated so far. And if you uh, got a little extra money in your pocket from that tax return and you feel like being generous, if you somehow see that as a form of almsgiving, you don't have to. Please don't see this as a form of almsgiving. Please give that to somebody who really needs it. But I guess if you really want to, you can always throw some into the go into the GoFundMe, and soon there will be some Fish Friday merch hitting the My Seminary Life shop as well if you need another coffee mug, because you do. You definitely need another coffee mug. Why wouldn't you need another coffee mug? Everyone needs more coffee mugs. 
And uh, as always, please consider recommending the show to somebody that you think would get something out of it. And that is it. I, for some reason, looked over to check a notebook that's not in front of me. I don't have notes for this episode. Uh, Thank you all for listening. And this is Brandon signing off, reminding you that theology is best served with a side of coleslaw. See you next time.